What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Hi, before we get to this episode, I just wanted to do a very quick big thank you and a shout out to some of our newest members at the Cinemile High Club over at patreon.com forward slash the Cinemile. So big thank you from me and Kathy to Daniel Robinson, Gary Martin, Kyle De Bruyne. Sorry, Kyle, I'm butchering that probably. Uh, Kate Peroni, probably butchering that as well. Sorry, Kate. Laura Breen, that's an easy one. Hello, Laura. Uh, Billy, hello, Billy. And Lucy Creedon. Hi, Lucy. Um, and many, many more. Uh, we'll shout you out at later episodes. Uh, we're overwhelmed by everyone's generosity. If you want to join these lovely people uh, to donate two or three dollars a month to our Patreon, you get access to retro movie reviews that you get to choose and vote on uh, and TV episode reviews on what we've been watching and shows we like and don't like. And we just today published a whole 40 minute chat on Love is Blind, the Netflix show that everyone seems to be talking about. So anyway, patreon.com forward slash the cinemile on with the episode. Hi, it's Dave here, and this is my wife, Kathy. Hello. And this is The Cinemile. It's the podcast where we walk home from the movies. Uh, and, and we're back from paternity leave officially. Uh, we are kidless. We are without kids tonight. Uh, Granny Linda is minding them. And it's, uh, we're just saying we sometimes regret the premise of our podcast because it's freezing cold and lashing rain. Yes, it's so very cold. So we're currently cold. slightly undercover outside the cinema uh, debating how we'll record on the walk home. We'll see. But we're going to see a movie now. You may not know this, but here at the cinema, we've got our fingers on the pulse of new cinema releases. We also like to champion small independent films. So this is a South Korean movie, I believe. Um, Not really on people's radars. How long are we going to keep this bad joke (laughs) going? Basically, right, right, it came out months ago. We missed it (laughs) because of having children. And uh, now we are going to see the movie that won Best Picture at this year's Oscars. Parasite. Yes. (laughs) So yeah, fingers on the pulse. And you know... You heard it here first. Do you know what? It was... Funny because when it happened, that they, they announced that. Uh, well, I didn't watch the Oscars or care about them, but the uh, it made history because it was the first uh, foreign language film or non English language um, film to win Best Picture at the Oscars. And then when that happened, I was like, "That's not right," in my head because I was like, "Shape of Water won like two years ago, and that was in Spanish." And then <laughs> no. I remembered because <laughs> we saw I'm it the in only Spain. <laughs> I saw that in Spanish with no subtitles on this podcast <laughs> and had no idea what was happening. So I think for in my mind now, that film will always be Spanish. It was La Forma del Spanish Agua, line. remember? La Forma del Agua. Um, anyway, so Parasite, I don't know how I managed to do this, but I've neither seen nor trailer, no, nor I don't know anything except that it's about the rich and poor divide in South Korea. Yeah, that's all yeah. I know as well. I, I've been I've been quite excited for this because it was getting a loads of hype uh, last year. It's been out, it's been it's been out, it's like, it came out in November in the states. Yeah, because lots Only- of people last year in the states had it as their number one movie of the year, kind of an end of year movie review. But yes. obviously we hadn't even seen it. So to all our American listeners, don't worry. 
<laughs> we're finally watching this movie that you I saw mean, it's only six what, months March. ago. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you better go because it's absolutely baltically cold. Yeah, all right. Um, see you on the other side of whatever the, parasite you know is what? about. We're, now I, I'm Here, oh. slightly worried because yeah. expectations. That's are what I was just about to say. Because I'm, re- I'm just remembering your, the Shape of Water thing where you basically trashed it because you said. Oh, I can't believe that got best picture. It's like, can we just clear <laughs> all of that baggage? Yeah. Park all the awards nonsense. Let's just look at a movie that we need to a, remember. We some need guy to, made. We need to watch it as if it's last November and we're watching it before it was cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, okay. Instead of months <laughs> after something's cool. Literally, no one's like, download this episode. It's, it's almost like we've just discovered Coldplay. <laughs> oh, God, there's this new band. <laughs> right, Have you heard okay. them? Bye. <laughs> Bye. I'm deadly serious. Hi, we're back. Okay, confession time. Uh, we haven't just come out of the movie as would normally happen it's actually the next day because when the movie ended it was very late it was very late it was very wet and we were <laughs> I just exhausted I bear to walk home in the rain and I hadn't it's my first time leaving our baby our new baby and uh, I just thought no I want to go home to him we'll do it tomorrow and now it's sunny and gorgeous so, yes. so I'm this glad is, we waited if, if this is your first time listening to the podcast this is not usually the premise <laughs> normally we're straight out of the cinema and you get our instant reactions because we have a rule where we're not allowed to talk about the movie until we record the podcast we yes. haven't spoken so about it I found this intensely frustrating <laughs> because um, we haven't seen anyone else so I haven't been able to talk about this movie with anyone else other than um, telling my mom well, you should our, go see it our Uber trip home was just excruciating because <laughs> I just wanted to talk about so many things with you and um, also what happened is because we've got um, a five week old we were up several times throughout the night so at half four in the morning uh, got up changed nappy back in bed and I was lying staring up at the ceiling for half an hour thinking about this movie and all the things I want to say (laughs) oh well good you're more prepared than me because uh, I wasn't thinking about the movie afterwards but I absolutely loved the movie I think you did as well it's amazing Um, and I'm it's so so often when my hopes are high they're so dashed and this actually exceeded my hopes it was like I felt like it was a really wonderful cinema experience because first of all I had no idea where the movie was going at any point which is like it's just bonkers you've no idea what's going to happen and actually I think that was an ideal way to I love going into movies and not knowing what it's even about and I would recommend that to anybody listening who hasn't seen it yet in particular with this it matters because you can't guess it like lots of movies even if you've not seen a trailer you know exactly where they're going yeah but this one so it was just a constant surprise as as the plot sort of escalates and and it does escalate it felt like um God, I'm gonna. I've completely blanked on the director writer's name, but he. Bong Joon Ho. He wrote the story and and he co-wrote the script. And I'm like, how do you write this story? Like, are you just sitting at home having these mad ideas? Um, well, it and feels it's just, like it's like a bit of a feels like a bit of a heist movie mixed with like a satire, mixed with uh, something quite wholesome, and then also something quite unique and dark and. Um, I can't describe it because I really don't want to give away any plot points. But kind of one of the one of the interesting things I found in this movie is it's very rare to watch a film that like has no kind of goody baddie. Like this is a movie where you're kind of rooting for every character, 
and every character has flaws but every character also has something you like and I really enjoy that actually um, from a character perspective and then I just loved how the movie looked I, I would say the bad guy is capitalism yeah probably it's not a person um, it was so cool and I there was so much going on visually he's such a stylish director that I want to go back and watch it again uh, less caught up in the plot and more paying attention to how it looks because I was so fascinated by the plot and the story and what was happening next and on the edge of my seat so, I, I want to go back and look at it and, and look at how he framed the scene same I, I have so much to say about the, the framing um, and the um, the positioning of the characters uh, the, the, the blocking is the, is the industry term but where everyone is um, and, and what that tells you about their sort of position and status um, but let's, I think let's talk about all of that when we get to Spoiler mm. Street. Um, we don't want to spoil any. Now, I'd say if you, if you haven't seen it in the cinema and you want to, I, first of all, I recommend do. seeing it in the cinema. But go quickly because our, we were in the smallest screen. We were in the light cinema. It was in the smallest screen and it was like nearly empty. And I'd say because, you know, obviously it's been out for a while. So if you want to go and see it, go very quickly. A few more. It's better, it's better to see in the cinema. I'd like to say a few more top line thoughts about this before we get into the uh, spoilerific details. Um... This movie is entertaining, um, yeah, so which, which is important to, to say because I think a lot of people, because it does have very weighty subject matter and themes. I think it's very much which we uh, were aware of going in and we mentioned it in the front. Um, it is a sort of an, ex, uh, an exploration or a, a representation of the class divide that exists in cap, capitalist society and, we, and Western society. Uh, and it's but it's lo- it's looking at that through a very um, yeah satire. You said it's a satirical point of view. Um, it's, it's very really pacey. it's very funny. It's very uncomfortable. It's um, it nips along as well because it's over two hours long and it did not feel that. No, it's ve- it's really it's really wonderful. The characters you will like you said you will be engaged with them. You'll kind of love them. Um, Great actors, even though they're all quite despicable in their own way. Um, and it's one of those yeah, um, incre- incredible actors throughout. And there wasn't a, it wasn't a weak link no. here. And I know people will go, oh, but it's subtitled, it's South Korean, it's about you know wealth. But actually, that it doesn't get in the way. It's such a romp. I almost had a bit of a feeling of like, um, sounds weird, but I had a similar feeling to when I went to see Knives Out, which I loved last year, because this movie is like just teetering on the edge of being like hilarious like the filmmakers like just taking the piss out of the audience half the time or well, there's something going on in the background there's just this simmering humour even when you're watching very dark scenes that's an interesting and I loved all the you know you've got lots of people in a house together and you've got loads going on with families and it just had Knives Out vibes for me that's a really interesting one which it wouldn't spring to mind initially but it uh, Knives Out also had a lot to say about kind of class divide yeah. and, and, and the influence of wealth yeah. on people um, so yeah they, they really are interesting kind of points and other things I think um, commentaries about uh, the effect of wealth or um, uh, and poverty are sort of were rampant in movies from last year I think Joker is another example uh, which was trying to comment on something <laughs> similar um, and, and also somebody who and also contains somebody who can't stop laughing for no reason <laughs> due to a medical condition that appeared in this um, oh yeah but let's uh, why, why don't we move on to Spoiler Street I don't think we need think to say, so. need to say much more but I, I cannot recommend this highly enough yeah absolutely um, I, I, I would watch it again I w- I've been thinking about it since I saw it for in the middle of the night for a long time just 
thinking about what it all means and trying to unpack it and it's I'd love to watch like this is the kind of movie what I want to do is watch like a DVD commentary with the director Yes. I want to go off because I haven't had a chance yet but I want to go and like read interviews with the director I want to read interviews with the actors I want to like deep dive into this I want to go into YouTube because you somebody somebody somewhere has done a 45 minute um exploration of all the, the sort of key visuals of this and what they mean and what they're representing I just know it I love YouTube for this niche nitty yeah, gritty stuff it. it just fascinates me that this film won Best Pictures at the Oscar it's quite, it is quite something it's hugely deserving it's just so not something that it's I would it's not something expect. they would normally do because it's not um, a navel gazing self indulgent <laughs> refle- reflection on the glory days of Hollywood and it's not and in it, English uh, i.e. once upon a time in Hollywood um, or, and it's not um, yes it's not in English and uh, it's not um, a worthy um, story of an incredible human being who overcame adversity <laughs> and is a real person in real life with an Oscar winning performance of an in- impression of them yeah, because it's definitely an ensemble. Like, there's no kind of lead actor who stands out. Like, it's all about the whole lot of them. Yeah. Um, this is... I never would have... If I'd seen this before the Oscars, I'd said not... Not in a million years. I'd give it a... Uh, Even though it did win the Pandora one. then, as we were told at the start, which I'd also forgotten. Yeah. Um, and then very high praise for this one. So when we do our best of the year episodes, we do them every December. Um, and when we're doing them, we ask, like, former guests of the show to contribute. And we had on our show last year an Oscar-winning director, Asif Kapadia, who directs um, predominantly, he's known for documentaries such as like Senna, Amy and Maradona. And he had been on our podcast last summer and I had cheekily emailed him asking if he wanted to record a contribution. And he was really nice and said he didn't have time to do it, but he did say my favourite movie of the year was Parasite. Now, we didn't include that because it wasn't audio, it was an email, but I thought I'd say it here, so we've had straight from another Oscar-winning director that this was his favourite movie. This, if I'd seen this last year, it would have been in my top five. It would have been, 100%. yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm, now it's interesting that we've seen a movie so early in the year for our top five, because usually you see them at the end of the year, because yeah. then it's the, big, the biggies come out, but... Um, we can blame our baby for that one. So we're going and it's to... going to be even more out of date when we talk about it again <laughs> at the end of 2020. Uh, but now let's go to Spoiler Street. Um, Dave, I'm pleased to see okay. you've made lots of notes because S- I haven't. Spoilers now for Parasite. Um, this is the benefit of doing it the next day. You've had time to put notes together. Actually, before we get to spoilers, the, the, other, the other movie this reminded me of, I know you mentioned Knives Out, was The Lobster. Um, oh, do you remember yeah. we loved that? Very, Love like, the lobster. Quite different uh, kind of tonally, but the but, yeah. the, the idea of taking, um, taking an element of our society that we all take for granted in the, in the uh, uh, instance of the lobster, it's uh, relationships and society's attitudes towards uh, monogamy and, uh, and couples and the sort of how, how we can build pariahs out of that. And and then picking up just just st- taking a step back and presenting it in a different light in a weird in a weird way. with black comedy and this felt very much like it was doing the same thing but with uh, the class divide and and <sighs> and let's get back to the movie now let's that, not talk yeah but let's talk Lobster. let's talk about what this movie's trying to say then what do, about what do, I mean what do you think the over I think the overall sort of idea is clear it's. You know, I think for me, the core part of this movie was what uh, Mr. Park, the um, the wealthy owner of the 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 wealthy home, says repeatedly about people not crossing the line. Yeah. And for me, that's that, that's what this movie is about. It's about the line. Um, and we're on Spoiler Street now, to remind. Yes, yeah, so spoilers now. So so it's 
it's one family on one side of that line and the, and and another family on the other side and the line is something that features on the posters people's eyes are blacked out by a line oh i haven't seen the poster and um if you notice in the framing of this movie the people are separated by lines throughout in frames so you see the stair the stairs that they go up there's a big pillar that often separates people it's literally upstairs downstairs like downton abbey well that's the other thing you yeah. get you get um he uses so he uses lines um to separate people but he uses um elevation so like literally people are either um above or below and i mean well, and there are family that we follow from the beginning live like live below. in a sub basement yeah i yeah, never but, heard of that um but 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 there's sort of i mean those are the obvious examples and then there's the other basement which we discover with people literally living out of sight i mean you can say if it's like that's li- that's wealthy people living their lives with a completely unaware that they're sharing the same space as people um un- underprivileged people and that's society that's us we're living well in- the biggest example of it was when there's like this kind of the climax of the movie and there's this huge flood and when we were on holidays in Asia I do remember experiencing some rain like that and it's like quite something but this went on for hours and hours and it like you know destroys people's home destroys the cities and the next day the mom, the rich mom, says oh the air is so lovely and clear we've yeah. no pollution she's googling she said thanks to the rain and the guy driving her has just had his entire home destroyed um, it, and it, that's like quite something as a stark and it, there was it, another bit when so there the rich family's son is out in the back garden in the rain and they're like don't worry the tent's waterproof because we bought it from America so the son's tent is of better quality than the family's home yeah yes and it's just like it's mad there's an interesting th- America is mentioned several times by um, by the mother the wealthy mother she's impressed when she hears that the daughter pretending to be the art teacher uh, studied in Illinois Chicago but I thought she, she might get caught because the dad had like been in in New York according to some newspaper articles yeah no 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 but there's 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 a lot of deliberate allusions to uh, to the US as a point of sort of um, a point of quality by the rich people which I think is no accident in that the US is sort of for a long time for many decades of our life has been the sort of centre point of western capitalism Um, when we were kids growing up America was like the shiniest coolest thing you know you could see it but I think like what I want to talk about is like just how fun the plot was and like really having known nothing about this how fun the plot is that basically there's this rich family who are like essentially nice the mom's a bit clueless but they get just completely hoodwinked by this poor family who are so clever. It's funny watching one by one how they infiltrate the house and, and the setups that they have to go through. But it's it's what's fun about it's it. So fun. That was when it felt like a heist movie. What's fun about it is that the movie kind of hoodwinks you as well because for the first half, you as the audience, uh, it's it, it's very lighthearted and enjoyable, and and you're kind of with the. I forget the name of the family, but you're with the, this this um, poor family. They're they're your protagonists yeah. and they're your heroes. And then halfway through, it takes a turn when suddenly they're in the house by themselves. So it's almost like they have attained the status of wealth now. You know, they, they've certainly crossed that line that the they guy have, was exactly, talking about. Exactly, they've crossed but the imagine line. Imagine you, because the family actually, the rich family, have hired them all right, fine, under kind of. Uh, false pretenses they don't know they're related and whatever but they've been really good for them it's clear that they pay good salaries they look after the people who work for them they welcome them into their home and these people go and like let like that's despicable they let themselves into their home they're they're reading their diaries they're using their bathtubs they're drinking their booze straight from the bottle like they suddenly in that moment I thought oh god these guys 
these guys are despicable because the rich people have been actually nothing but nice to them. But and what, that's what was fascinating about but it. But what's interesting is that their behaviour gets worse the closer they get to wealth. Well, I don't know if that's the case because we never really saw them before they got there. We had a very brief introduction to them before... So they could have always been common. Fine, or we fine, don't know but that. it's but no, no, no. But it's safe to say that their behavior progressively gets worse because they start murdering people and locking them in basements, <laughs> Kathy. It's well, very clear. It, it was actually, to be fair, though, how they how the murder was done was actually done in a way where you're like you could see how it could happen, like. It was almost like a series of unfortunate events. No, it's done in a way that's very deliberate, which is they are in they've crossed the line. They're in the position of power. When the mother comes down to the basement with the former housekeeper and discovers the um the other uh, the, the husband the secret husband in the basement, the former housekeeper starts keeps keeps calling her sis and she says, "Sis, help us out. We're, you're just like us." And they literally are just like us. They're in the same class. They're they're doing the same job. And she refused. She says, "Don't call me sis. I'm calling the police." I wish she, she wasn't has going to call the police assumed, though, because she had her whole family no, but, there. I think the, it was a bluff. But it doesn't matter. It's not the point. The the point of the movie is that she has assumed that status, whether consciously or subconsciously. She sees herself as better than that person and wants to lock her in the basement. Yeah. This is and she's protecting the home that and the and the jobs that she has assumed. So for me, this whole movie is about the corrupting influence of wealth and the stone. Is, is a very important you know the sun keeps saying so metaphorical like in, inappropriately <laughs> that's so metaphorical man <laughs> but it is a metaphor that, that stone is a metaphor it's, it's introduced by the college friend as it brings wealth to your family this, this stone will bring wealth to your family and they get what they want and it's very much a, this is a sort of a um, be careful what you wish for tale well and isn't it funny because when we first meet the son he seems so sweet right and he's with his friend and he seems you know the friend says I trust you to be a tutor to this girl um, I don't trust any of my friends not to come on to her I want her to be my girlfriend yeah. I know you'll be really respectful the first day the son's in with doing the tutors he's kissing her yeah, because like he literally is—he's not what we expect. I don't just, think he was corrupted. I think he was pretending to be sweet all along. No, I don't. I, I don't agree. Because day one, he couldn't have been corrupted that quickly. But that, it, it, this is a this is a black comedy. He has been corrupted. By the end, he's holding the stone, the symbol of wealth, saying, "I'm drawn to it. It's drawn to me." And he's standing, looking out at the lawn of all these people, saying, "They look so cool. Do you think I would fit in?" He's trying to push through the line. And, and will do anything to get there and goes down to that basement with the stone with the intention of murdering those two yeah, people. He you does. know he does. And we need to... We don't have much time. Because they will protect... Any, they will do anything to protect... The, and this is this is what the movie's saying, that we're, we live in a system which is creates a line that is essentially impossible to break through unless you... Um, Unless you're you're willing to commit do awful things or commit crimes, and that is what happened. The most successful people who do break through that line are often criminals who amass great wealth in in the in the likes of drug dealers or things like that. That's, I think that's an example of people coming from nothing well, and breaking also, through. Also, this family though were very industrious and like very clever. Yes, but and the kids could have broken through but it was without criminal all this. activity. They were con. They had to con their way in there to do it because there's no way to break through that. There is yeah. no way. But the, the initial tried con four was the white. The initial the con was the white lie of pretending he was in college, and that's yes, like totally the, forgivable. But it escalates, and and the thing is. The, the thing it's it's about how that influence or how that desire 
tears people apart so that they are fi- the poor are fighting amongst themselves you've got two different families fighting each other to try and get this wealth while the wealthy people are entirely oblivious they are living in the same space and household as the people beneath them and c- literally cannot see them well they had a great conversation when the parents and the kids of the, of the poorer family were like kind of binging all their food and drink and the mom because the mom's like quite um in this film the mom is kind of the scariest one because she is the one who actually throws her down the stairs and the mom's like kind of made of steel but the mom says you know oh yeah rich people it's easy for them to be nice you know the money has smoothed it at the edges for them but one of her yes, chicks, somebody does line. challenge her though and say yeah but but she's the mom of this household the rich mom is actually nice like she's never done a single thing wrong to any of them and just because she's rich they almost dismiss her like yeah well it's easy for her and it's like well no actually she does treat her staff exceptionally well by all accounts um, yeah, yeah but the movie's the movie's asking is it, e- is it easy to be nice when you have everything isn't yeah. it when you of have everything it's easier and I think I just want to talk a little bit about um, there's two things I want to talk about the flooding of their sub-basement apartment yeah. visually how incredible that looked yes oh and, my and, God. When, and when the you know there's a lot of we talked about elevation and the way he deliberately has people higher or lower another amazing example of that I loved was when they're hiding under the table yeah, and the couple are on the couch yeah. and they are li- they're just they're elevated those people are sub they're always so they, they're always below them and the, the house is even tiered so it's like all these different layers with basements um, but the the floods was interesting because there's that amazing moment where they're 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 descending that whole time. Have you noticed he he, he located the the location is on a hill, so the people live at the top of the hill. They're always yeah. coming down, and the water is streaming. Over watching their feet. this water streaming, and it's like this descent into hell. Yeah, and, and then they get to the house, home. and the daughter's the shot where the daughter's sitting on the toilet, and there's just sewage like spewing out of the yeah. toilet, and she's holding it in. And even from the very start, I love how it was established how low down and poor they were because they could only access Wi-Fi by standing like on the toilet in the highest point of their house yeah. like to just get this like little bit of Wi-Fi to do um, WhatsApp or whatever um, so I wanted to talk about how amazing that looked and I want to go back and look at that scene again and, and it's like their whole home's being lost and then yet they all have to just go back to work the next day and then that leads on to the next day which I want to talk about was the garden party which was just such a good kind of climactic setting because literally the mom's like what's the word she's using? it's not casual She's saying it's just a a casual party, informal get together, whatever like it that. was, yeah, yeah. And she keeps saying that, and like, oh, no one needs to bring gifts, and it's a no big deal. And but then we see what's actually going on is like she's literally that morning organised caterers. She's got like the whole garden done up. She's like, it's like directing kind of a wedding or something. The amount of effort she's putting into this thing, and they're all milling around, and the family have all just had that like utter devastation of the night before. Um, and then kind of all the drama unfolds and it gets manic like that the husband who's lived on the ground for four years that actor is insane like he was terrifying he was was so good Um, and all that's escalating and I thought it was all so well done and then did you get to a point though where when Mr when the dad was the driver Mr Kim when he killed Mr. Parr... Although Mr. Kim was the fake name wasn't it I didn't know I couldn't couldn't keep track of their real name because they were calling him dad so we didn't hear it but I felt I don't know if I thought that he would have stabbed your man that was the only bit where I thought meh well they, I mean obviously look it was kind of funny and I think they was, I think they built it up enough to be he fair he built it up so, enough that it was like I didn't he, say it's completely unrealistic but I felt I didn't quite believe it well let's list it off you've got the starting point where he's there under the table and he's listening to how his uh, his um, employer 
views him as in like no don't cross that line that's, but that smell crosses the line he keeps talking about the smell yeah, but the then employer, the next day he knew that about the employer though that the employer had that line thing it's one, yeah but it's one, it's one thing knowing something and it's one thing to be in the presence of somebody who is already... physically disgusted by you and the same the, the, uh, the, the mother does the same thing to him in the car the next day also don't forget he has literally lost everything he's lost his home gone through the worst flooding and, and I know um, and has also um Essentially murdered somebody. He's he put that woman down there to die, and then has know. no plan around it. This is a man who is who is losing his grip on on reality. Has no plan. Literally says the only plan is no plan. He he's he, he's given up. He he's he's become nihilistic. I just I, felt I think, like that was a little bit too quick. We're talking about twelve hours time since since he'd heard the himself be described that way under the table. Don't forget his daughter um had just been stabbed and murdered as well. Yeah, but she, and he'd we, seen his son be carried away covered in blood. So um, I think But we didn't at that but at that point though A the daughter wasn't dead. B the baddie was the supposed homeless guy who had now been killed. So none of them were actually gonna get in any trouble as a family. So I didn't feel like I think that this is okay. Like look, I bought it eighty percent. I'm just saying it didn't Fine. It wasn't quite tipped over the edge. Well, I think me. this this movie is a bit, but it is a bit of a farce. It's, it's, as well. it's less it's less about the be, believable steps of what these people do, or rather, what they're representing. And the father has to do that so that he can be trapped in that basement. And, I mean, that and, was amazing. And that that that, that is essentially that's an interesting thing to unpick because. What's that? That's telling us that because he had this said to the guy, vicious... "How could you live under here?" Like, and then he, he was looking down and then on him. He is that because it's it's this thing. The whole thing is a vicious cycle. Um, there's people. There's just always people in that basement. And then as soon as and it doesn't matter who you replace up above. Um, the, those position the positions of everybody at the beginning of the movie are no different than they are at the end. Well, they're worse and, at the end for the dad. But they're worse, yeah. But all all you're left with is. Which was, and I thought the very last thing was interesting: the, the the son and the father communicating to each other, and the letter back from the son about how I'm going to go and buy that house, and we're going to reunite. It's presented to us as a sort of as if it has happened or is happening, um, yeah, and we I see that, that reunion, and then we come back to the son and in the basement finishing the letter, and it is just a dream. But the son can't show his letter to the dad, though. The son's just writing it. There's no way for the yeah, dad to that's see a good the point. Well, that, that's even that, that hammers it home even more. Yeah. This is a, literally a fantasy. Yeah. There is no. That's not going to happen. He's but not this, going I to cross like, that line. I was like, go on, infiltrate yourself into the family again. But what did annoy me about our protagonist family, the ones we were with from the beginning? What What's really interesting is that the dad talked about the line and crossing the line. When it all went wrong for them was when they crossed the line and all went to sleep in the house. Up until that point, it was actually like, I was like, this is an amazing setup. You've got the artist daughter playing into her strengths of art. You've got the son doing English. You've got the mom cleaning, the dad driving. They're all really happy. And then they completely cross the line by sleeping in their home. Yeah. And it all goes downhill from there. And and it was like, oh that's man, because, like, what were you doing? But that's, but, but again, what's the movie saying? That's the movie saying that you can't escape you can't escape your place the system won't allow you so if this movie is about the system and the system is the bad guy no, but I think then they are punished also about characters and they're being punished for what was which was wrong yeah but they're, ca- they're characters who were trying to make a change in their lives yeah but they were trying to make a change in their lives but this was them just taking the piss like come on trashing someone's house and getting pissed and like that was not but that's, that's the other thing the film's saying the, the, uh, the search and the hunt for, for wealth um 
destroys you. It makes you forget about your common person and will only end up hurting you and the people you well, love. Well, what I like about this movie is that it, it threw us straight into the situation, really, right? We barely knew the characters before it began. So there was a sense for me that they actually could be long-time scam artists or have always been trying to do stuff like this because we don't know. We don't know anything about them. We don't know that they were all pure of heart before this began. Maybe. And I liked it because you do, like, it was fun to have, like, ambiguous central characters that we're rooting for them and then it's like, but why are we rooting for them? Is it just because we were presented with them first? I, I, I prefer I prefer to believe that they're pretty straight and narrow at the beginning. I think this movie works better for me in But that already way. the girl was an established forger, for example. You know what I mean? I know, yeah. but, these are, but these are basically... But this is... Fine, they had the they had the tools to do this, but they weren't really doing anything. If you I don't think, know. It, that's what I find interesting. I love. I, who knows? I, I like to think of the um, I like to think of the that family at the beginning of this as being quite sweet and united, and we see them having dinner together. And it's yes, their conditions are appalling, but that's not because that's not for lack of trying. This is a family who are trying their best to live in this world, and are and are just being punished for no reason beyond. This is the circumstances that they were born into and are living into. What did you think of the ending with but the boy surviving? Happier. I thought it was a bit silly that he survived those blows to the head. Uh, yeah, potentially. I mean, I, I the ending was all kind of the last five minutes. I have to say, of of all the movie, and I now I'm saying this as someone who absolutely loved the movie. Of all the movie, the last five minutes lost me a little bit between the fantasy sequence and then the son waking up from this coma and all the rest. Of, I I just felt like. It kind of ruined the ending for me a little bit. What do yeah, you think? I mean, it, uh, it was just weird. It was out of sorts with the rest of the movie. I thought it's a little epilogue that sort of is telling us that nothing has changed. Yeah, essentially. Um, oh, and, and in fact, the only thing that has changed is that life is worth. What well, life is worse for. Like life is worse for everybody for yeah. not accepting their station. So look at. Well, no, it's not because of not accepting their station. Like they fucking broke the law. Like. No, no, but that, what, I'm not talking about the, the, the minute of the movie. I'm saying, what's the movie saying? What did those people do? They tried to make a better life for themselves and, and, and move out of the circumstances they were in. Uh, an interesting counterpoint to that is the guy in the basement who says, no, I don't want to do that. I'm happy living here. I love it. Yeah, he you know loved I mean? it. That's, and, and I love how happy he and was. And he was essentially... <laughs> Thriving in the, in the in the way in the best way you could thrive in those situations. When the movie so went truly the movie- bonkers, it was so fun when the ex housemate showed up, and she's like, "I just need to get something from the basement," and you go down, and she's like, got her body like parallel to the ground, like pushing this bookshelf out, and she runs in with a bottle, like a baby's bottle of milk, to give the husband. So he's sipping a baby's bottle, and then she shoves a banana down his throat, and I was like visually like all this stuff going on is so funny like like I kept laughing even in like like he, he's got a, some sense of humour the director and I know you've seen another few movies he's made but I never have I've seen so Snowpiercer which is brilliant and I've seen The Host which I really enjoyed so I want to go back and, and watch them now because it's just like he's truly unique like it's such a unique movie I think he that's plays, the biggest takeaway he plays with genres a lot which is interesting as well yeah I think he is he's a funny guy but he's also a director with something to say and that's what I really appreciated about this movie it's made me think about it made me think about uh, society in a way that like only The Wire and a few other things have done yeah um, and, I, and I really appreciate something that can challenge you but is but also exists as entertainment it's which really, I really yeah, it's enjoy. quite a feat and you know what I again what it was making me think of then 
when we got home and um, in the middle of the night I was reading the news because <laughs> I was up with Elliot and I was reading about like how many cases of coronavirus are in South Korea and I thought oh my god um, so for example the living conditions that he's shown us of this family here in areas like that if you've got like a virus spreading oh my god of course yeah I was thinking how how much worse it would be and I guess it was like you know I don't often read about or watch anything in South Korea I don't think I've ever seen a movie made in South Korea um, so to be reading about it in the context of the virus and that as well is like very confronting but the god the, the rich poor divide seems like humongous in that country though judging from no, how, what I this movie is showing us well yeah it does seem that way but only because we're, so rich, only because we're looking at it directly and, and it's being presented to us I think it's as bad in the UK it, 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 oh, it yeah, is for it's, sure. it's really bad here in the UK um, but the problem is it's n- nobody's nobody's looking at each other, and it's not nothing's getting acknowledged. You don't have like this sl- kind of slum culture here, but you have a huge homeless problem. There's a huge poverty problem yeah. in the UK. But look, we're, we we cannot un- I cannot untackle this right now <laughs> yeah. uh, in the time we have, and yeah, I have to, we go. Need to go. So, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, please do. Um, uh, let us know what you thought of this movie that you saw months ago yeah. uh, and sorry at, for breaking the premise of our podcast yes we're back to normal next time at <laughs> the cinemile um, on twitter facebook and instagram and we are uh, you can email us thecinemile at gmail.com and um, if you want to support the podcast uh, please head over to apple Podcasts and rate subscribe leave us a review we would greatly appreciate it and yeah follow us on social media get in touch okay bye, bye. Jessica, Wedong, Illinois, Chicago. 과선배는 김지모, 그는 이사중.